Ten years ago, the Normies Like Us hosts disappeared after heading into the woods to talk about Blair Witch, paranormal activity, and most of all, found footage. This recording is all that remains of their stupid jokes and pop culture observations on the genre. If you find any trace of their remains, please contact their loved ones immediately and tell them how much you love this podcast. And keep listening along all through Spooktober for more horror content only on Normies Like Us. They found the tapes in this closet. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. Oh my god! Please don't hurt me! Well, welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. I'm going to set down my backpack here with my hiking buddies, our fellow hosts, as we've just reached the edge of Death Forest. <laughs> now, uh, I don't know about you guys, there's a rumor Death Forest, no one has ever escaped it. Uh, I think we definitely will, but I'm going to keep the recording going anyways. I'm sure nobody's going to find this a lot later, but if they do, obviously, welcome to Normies Like Us. This is your host, uh, the Colin Witch. And this is micro SD card. I was I was just found in the brush. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is Shaky Jakey, uh, ready to uh, hold my 1998 camcorder while I run away from something in the dark. That's right. Um, Jacob's taping all of this. We're recording all of it. He's taping all of it. Uh, yeah. We will have evidence. I got the uh, night vision on so we can see a little more clearly. Oh, wow. The thing's got night vision? That's sweet. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to record everything, even the most boring shit, just in case, you know. <laughs> Right, you never know what might go into the eventual documentary that they'll make, they'll make about our disappearance. Yes, right, the, uh, and especially you know, I mean, Death Forest. They say that madman <laughs> is lurking in the woods, but I'm I'm not worried about him. No, 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 no. That's just I'm looking forward to the myth. T-shirt sales of I Survived Death Forest. You know, <laughs> yeah. I hear that the, uh, the Logan only Paul three might be around yeah. here. though, so we better be careful. <laughs> That's right. Oh he, yeah. We're going to find Logan Paul as we walk through here. But uh, in the meantime... I bet he wishes no one found that footage. But <laughs> We're going to be talking, uh, as we usually do all horror long, I think it's Spooktober when they find this recording. But even if it isn't, uh, we're going to be bringing you cool horror content. We're doing a little genre deep dive today. We're doing mm-hmm. found footage. Ooh. Or a subgenre, you might say. A genre in a genre? A genre within like, a genre. Yeah. Like a documentary crew in the spooky woods. Genreception. That's right. And you know, That's up right. top, I'm going to ask you guys, what's your experience with it? You know, what's the what's the big problem with it? I've, I, we've almost kind of touched it up top, right? It's like, why do people keep filming? But boy, <laughs> this, this is a genre I love. This is something that really scares me. So I'm excited to talk today. How about you guys? Jacob, found footage. Yeah, I mean, I think I have, you know, I've seen a few found footage movies in my day, and uh, it's not my favorite, like, genre, but I think, I like it when uh, sort of an original, like, there's an original take on the found footage, because it's been done so many times, you know, you got your paranormal activity, four, five, whatever, but... When someone comes (laughs) along and makes a a different genre or just a different spin on it, like I appreciate the originality in that case. And there are definitely some good found footage movies uh, that we'll definitely recommend later as well. Some Maybe some lesser ones that you might not have seen. Uh, But, you know, I saw Blair Witch back when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, I think it was pretty interesting. And um, from there, you know, I just, you know, 
saw some movies. How about you, Mike? Quick question, though. Did you see it in theaters, Jacob? I want to know that. I want to know that from each of you. No, I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, I, I got it on DVD uh, back when I was in high school, and I watched it. And I read all about I think the story of how Blair Witch was shot and made is actually more interesting than the film itself, right? And how it was like, you know, the PR around it and everything. Yeah, I mean, and that is kind of leads me right into my kind of thoughts generally about the genre, my experience. I saw the Blair Witch, you know, on the video, but kind of, yeah, the whole um, PR, the marketing strategy behind it. And I think that's a big part of the success of the found footage genre. For sure. But I then think that that is separate from kind of the artistic value of the genre. Um, yeah. Because I think the box office take for some of these movies doesn't necessarily reflect their artistic merit whether that's for better or for worse, right? Um, so we're going to kind of talk about a little bit of that. I did think The Blair Witch was uh, an interesting movie. I lived like in the woods back then too, so it was like, ooh, this is a lot like where I live. But um, overall, I think it's a genre that has some interesting, interesting ways it could be leveraged, and then there's also a lot of ways in which it could feel tired. So it, it's a little bit of good and bad, I think, with this genre, and I'm kind of looking forward to diving into that. Yeah. Um, but definitely can be very spooky when, when done well. And that's why we're talking about it this month. Did you see it what in do you theaters, love about Mike? It? Not theaters, no. Not in theaters. And guys, I mean, confession. Came out, what, 98, 99? 98, 99, like right? Um, I did not see it in theaters either. This was one kind of like Jacob where you read, you read, you read, you see all the stuff about it. And as a young Colin, I'm like, no. I mean, I just can't. Like, literally, I think, like, if anybody was like, just, come on, it'll be good. I'd be like, no, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, no, no, no. And I saw it at a right. party, like, maybe that summer when somebody mm. had rented it. I do right, think right. at the time when I saw it, it was, like, one of the spookiest movies I'd ever seen, just because of how Easily. realistic it seems. And, like, you know, talk about the story behind it. Like, they used no-name actors um, who had never, you know, just normal people, basically, and... When they re- when it was in film festivals and stuff, the filmmakers literally told people that it was like footage that they discovered and made it a documentary. And they said like those people in the movie they actually like died, like they were never seen again. And so people believed them. So it was. I think that just adds to the mystique of the whole movie. And that's really where we're getting not the starting point, but that's where the term found footage as a genre kind of enters into the pop culture because that's how they're marketing this movie. You know, we found all these tapes in the woods. The thing itself even opens with the police. Like, we found this video camera and a shitload of mini DV tapes, you know. Right. So it's very much presented as if this is just what was on the tape. Um, and that's kind of the foundations of the genre, especially within horror. I mean, that's a lot more interesting. than here's a bunch of 1987 birthday footage with Uncle, you know, Larry and <laughs> Aunt May. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's harder to make now. Like, um, Like, no one would fall for, like a movie like that being real now because of social media and the internet and everything. Um, but back in the nineties, those were kind of the dark ages, you know, before the internet was really what it is now. You could kind of just lie, Jacob, yeah. you know, you could get just away get anything. away by saying whatever, you know? Oh, I don't know. We didn't know we could do that. We figured it out. We lied. And you just got like, wow. Okay. Right. And, and you, you know, got me and Blair, Witch obviously went on to become one of the highest grossing from, you know, budget, versus you know box office gross i think it's one of the largest ever i know paranormal activity like even broke that record and i think um you know budget versus 
the disparity Gross. of budget yeah. to profit. Yeah, it, it, and that's kind of a thing with the horror genre as a whole. It's one of those genres where you can make something that's fairly low budget and then through the proper marketing have this big hit. It's like a, turning the movie theater into a theme park almost, you know? Like totally. you got to go on the ride, right? And it's this group experience. Yeah. But there is that intimacy. When you say, how does Blumhouse go from being kind of a nothing production company to making Best Picture nominations with Black Klansmen, well, they get the money to do that because exactly what Mike and Jacob were talking about. It's the fact that they make a paranormal activity movie for mm, the price of the camcorder. And that it right. makes as much as Suicide Squad. <laughs> you know, you can, yeah, you can make 10 more movies after that and be like, who gives a shit if they break profit? We have paranormal activity. Yeah. You I paid th- all your actors up front. You know, there's no back end residuals. Totally. You know? And why would you make, you know, I think Blumhouse is very smart, especially early on, because they were basically just buying up cheap horror movies. And, you know, nine of them might be bad, but if one hits, then like they're going to make. You know, they're going to make their money. And why would you make some cheap, you know, B-movie horror movie with, you know, professional lighting and actors and all that stuff when you can just make a very cheaply made movie like Paranormal Activity and make way more money? So they kind of stumbled on something, you know, a flash in the pan, which then was replicated over and over and over uh, until it got played out a little bit. Yeah, or you don't even make the movie. Just find somebody who has already made it and buy it from them. Right. Uh, Even easier. But that being said, we're kind of talking Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity. These would not be the first time that filmmakers would kind of use the trappings of a genre to make something feel like it was authentic when it was, in fact, not. So I say let's dive into a little bit of the history and then take us through kind of the modern legacy of the found footage genre. All right, I'm going to walk into these woods then. Uh, Mike, stop trying to walk into the corner of that room. Come on, buddy. we got to get going here. Hey, did you guys see these, like, bundles of sticks everywhere? What's that all about? (laughs) Sunday is gloomy. My hours are slumberless. Well, if you're hearing this, it's been a couple hours, and it's night now, and I'm not losing my cool, but, uh, you know, we're setting up the tent, and uh, it's not going great here. Yeah, I just got some negative vibes. You wouldn't let me look in that corner. There's some batteries running low, but I still got, uh, you know, the mini DV tapes. We got plenty of those, so I'm going to keep filming, even though I'm really frustrated, because if I don't film it, that's going to be even worse. Jacob keeps finding more of these bundles of sticks. We've got enough of them. Put them down. Hey, man, these sticks are really cool. I don't know. They could come in handy. We could use them for a fire or something. I don't know. Ooh, that's a good idea. I'll film it. All right. Why we do that, let's get back to our subject here. Let's keep talking found footage. Um, kind of the history, I found this very interesting, so I'd love to share it with the normies here is that it's found in the novel form. When you think of something like Mm. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, all written in diaries, you know, if you found this, my last remains, blah, 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 blah. Uh, We talked about on the Stephen King podcast, I was blown away just even reading it as a constant reader, but his first book, Carrie, is the found tapes after a psychic incident where Carrie has killed everyone, basically. Um, Okay. So it's it's got its root in the novel. Oh, that's cool. So it's like, you know, 
the, the movies we've seen of Carrie, it's like dramatized. But then when reading the book, it just feels like this section of like logs and kind of police um, investigation notes and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, it's this like and uh, click. Um, okay, so if you're if you're listening to this now, we're interviewing the subject who survived through what we're calling the carry incident. Okay, well, what you gotta understand is, uh, you know, after it happened, oh my god, oh my god. Uh, yeah, and a convention we've seen in a zillion movies. Now. Right, right. Okay, right. so almost going off these audio logs, which is interesting because one of the early things that I think about when I think of the idea of found footage and even the Blair Witch, like oh, this is real, it was War of the Worlds with Orson Welles, where he's kind of using the genre of a radio telebroadcast to set up a realistic invasion thing. And a lot of people allegedly thought it was real and were freaking out. It's like, that's almost like, not found footage, but using the genre to present a work of fiction as a work of truth. Yeah, it's the earliest version. We all recall when Orson Welles says at the end of it, and it's all a prank, bro. Like, <laughs> what I'm kind of putting together, Mike, is like, right. is there a genre that is like more based in just tricking people? It has to be a prank. It has to, you have to think it's real other than this horror stuff. Yeah, and I guess like that's, you know, part of it is like morbid curiosity. And the reason it works for horror is this, oh, these tapes are allegedly real or this footage, you know, and we'll talk about some of the other earlier examples here in a second. But yeah, I think it works for horror. Like I said, birthday party found footage genre, romantic comedy found footage genre doesn't exist. But the idea of some taboo (laughs) occult thing being captured and lost and now being discovered, there's an attractiveness to it, even just from morbid curiosity. True. I think, you know, it works best for horror, for sure. I think the cousin of the found footage subgenre is the mockumentary. And that works more for comedy and things like that. Because you think about, you know, a mockumentary is presented as if it's real, but it's clearly not real. And, you know, oftentimes you have like the uh, Christopher Guest movies like... uh, um, Blanking, but, uh, you know, Best in Show and... uh, You and Rob Reiner, like, this um, is Spinal Tap. Yeah, this is Spinal Tap. Um, and then obviously you have like The Office and stuff like that. So that's presented as a documentary, oh, yeah. but, you know, they're obviously actors and stuff. So that I kind of see that as like the comedy uh, version of found footage in a way. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I never thought about the comedy side of it. But comedy and horror definitely kind of have relations because it's all about build up tension and release, whether that's a joke or a scare. True. You know, I heard this quote from a guy that I absolutely love on a podcast one time where he said, film critics, no film critic has ever gotten to film criticism because of comedy or horror. Uh, And that that's why they sort of unjustly test the stuff. I would argue against that because I think at the basic human core, you know what's funny and you know what's scary. You just kind of feel it in your bones, right? And and found fucking footage to me, guys. There's a reason this is my favorite horror genre. Mike talked about, like, the intimacy, you know. There is something about, like, if a TV is on in your house and it is showing a clown's birthday party or something and it's like a camera moving and you hear people you don't see talking, your eye is kind of immediately drawn to it no matter what and you sort of want to see what plays out because there is no better drama than human drama, right? You can't script the real shit, they say. It has this sort of, especially a lot of times with, on footage films it's like the main character is the camera man or woman like the point of view of the camera 
is the audience. They're one and the same. So you're literally standing in the shoes of the protagonist in, in many cases. And that's an interesting way to engage the audience. Yeah, and I think to go off what you guys are saying, the found footage, uh, I think one of the reasons why it's been so successful in horror is because when you're watching a standard horror movie, at you know you might be scared at points, but deep down you know it's just a movie. Like You can see there's actors and there's ca- different camera angles and stuff. But with found footage, that kind of removes one layer of separation where it's like, you know, what you're watching uh, could be real. It's very plausible. And so that makes it more scary because, you know, it's so realistic. Yeah. And early on in the genre, I guess I can bring up this first movie here we have on our list. And I want to ask if you guys have seen this. That's Cannibal Holocaust. I mean, its reputation kind of precedes it as this early found footage film that was billed as totally real to the point where the director even like told the actors to lay low for like a year after it was filmed to be like, just <laughs> wow. act like you don't exist. And like, he actually, I think got called into court to bring one of the actors to testify that they were alive. Is that right? right? It to prove it was, it was not was a like snuff, snuff film. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I remember reading about that. That's where the line was completely blurred of like, Oh, there's these documentary filmmakers going to this Island and then they get eaten by a group of cannibals. Right. And it's, Right. Yeah, that movie was really ahead of its time. I've never seen it, but I mean, that was almost like Blair Witch before Blair Witch. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Blair Witch kind of kicked off the whole phenomenon, but that movie was, you know, decades before it and really didn't get the recognition it maybe deserved, except as maybe now as a cult movie, kind of. Kind of a trailblazing movie setting the foundation for the genre. Colin, have you seen this? I have not seen it. I just know it in its reputation. Ooh, get ready, boys. I watched it right before this oh, record. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, and I'm going to rag on Joe, our missing host for a moment, who was supposed to meet us here in the woods That's hours ago, here. so I don't know oh, where I think he I see is. I him in the corner. He's just staring. Very strange. <laughs> we got a lot of guys in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> puts Joey in the corner. Who is, uh, Joe is a constant champion of Shudder, right? Shudder, Shudder, mm-hmm. Shudder. I finally got Shudder. You know... Uh, kudos to what Joe's always saying host uh, sort of found footage zoom movie right we're seeing the evolution of the genre that way Um, they have incredible original works if you want to find horror movies they are not on fucking shutter Uh, I don't know what it is if you want to watch Halloween Friday the 13th any Stephen King adaptation you know uh, Pet Cemetery, Silver Bullet all that shit Um, New Year's Evil name any standard horror movie you could think of they're all on AMC Plus. So I don't know who the huh. fuck owns that goddamn app. But as I'm clicking my buttons before this and I'm doing a free trial, they have Cannibal Holocaust, boys. Whoa. So I, I dived right in. And how, how does it hold up? I mean, what did you think of it I, as someone who just watched it recently? It's absolutely disgusting. Um, what I forgot watching it is that it's... Animal cruelty factor oh, is absolutely right. insane where you'll just see somebody holding like a mole rat laughing. The rat will be screaming and it'll be moving in his hand and then he'll just put a knife on its stomach and gut it right there in front of you. And you just and I'm go. sure that was all real. Oh, oh it was. Yeah. No, no, no. It cuts away in a microsecond that. to a <laughs> yeah. Jim Henson puppet. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, man. I'm, I'm, I mean, a native with his dick out killing these things. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and assume. I mean, I haven't seen it, but... There's probably some, um, you know, insensitivities to indigenous people that uh, doesn't age particularly well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But you say that I didn't realize, Jacob. It's a direct remake, or I'm sorry, it's a it's directly remade by Eli Roth as yeah. Green Inferno. They say the words Green Inferno, Green Inferno about ten times in the movie, and I kept thinking. Wow, so he just literally just either took the title or just said, I don't know, right. I'll just do my own version. I mean, that movie came out not that long ago either, so it's a little... Uh, I'm sure it's also a like fucking... Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, oh my, yeah. I'm sure it's terrible. Based on what it is. So like, I did not like it. I see. Interesting. But, I mean, as an example of something that people thought was real and used the medium of film, it certainly was successful for the time it came out set up as a news broadcast so you get a guy who's sort of telling you what's happening we're going to cut to the footage now it stays wide so it feels like you're looking at a monitor we cut inside but other than that you you forget halfway through other than like the four times somebody talks directly to your pov Mm -hmm. there's really truly not a lot in it it's just for the shock factor gotcha gotcha right and then we kind of talked, you know, on the top side about the Blair Witch Project. So if we have anything else here, because again, um, shot to look very amateur, marshmallows, you know, not paying the actors. It did have an interesting kind of presentation, but the marketing really, I think, is what drove this thing, especially in the pre-internet era, like Jacob said, early internet era. Yeah, and you know, I read a little on Wikipedia about you know the the filming and the marketing of this movie. It's very interesting because I mean, they basically just gave those actors the camera and said, "Go out, you know, in the woods and film some stuff." And then they kind of would um, be on the outskirts, like they would like make noises on the outskirts of their camp for for the effect <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, just kind of spook kind them. Of, it's me, the Blair Witch. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And they would leave, you know, the stick figures and whatnot um, for them to find. But they didn't really there wasn't a script. They just kind of said, go out and, you know, pretend like you're these people. And they kind of give them clues along the way and they kind of just improvise the whole thing. So it's very interesting in that regard. Um, yeah. yeah, Colin, that's what I want to ask you then, because as somebody who's a fan of this genre, like this is one of my biggest criticisms is I think oftentimes there's not a lot of creative or you know craft right merit for sure them but there is something about the effect they have on an audience i cannot deny that but there's like a degree of like i guess aloofness in the craft that is hard for me to kind of get past personally again i think the biggest question as well as hurdle mike is Why are they filming? If you can structure your film to answer that question in a realistic way while it's going, you've got a good found footage horror movie. Something like REC, Wreck, Mm -hmm. where it's, well, this woman, or the American remake Quarantine, I guess, well, this woman can't see unless her camera is literally on, Mm. you understand why that's happening. Uh, Blair Witch doesn't bug me. It's it's got that fucking DV tape aesthetic that we were all literally raised on that you know there's not a lot of movies that have that look anymore it adds to the authenticity people try to make their movies look like that look now um, right because and I just love what Jacob was, said the tropic thunder of it all that they're just like being dumbasses in the woods <laughs> yeah it was literally shot on those cameras that's why it looks like that now yeah. with new found footage you have you know them using you know, very expensive cameras and then using like filters and stuff in post to make it look like those cameras. Whereas they were just actually using those cheap consumer cameras. Right. Um, so I, yeah, this, I love the idea of like how dumb I am. Normies, you might still think this, but when I was young, I would watch like Cloverfield, the first Cloverfield, a found footage horror movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'd be like, so TJ Miller, the actor they hired is like, 
operating the camera the whole time and it's like a red cannon that they're shooting it on like wow he's getting some like amazing shots no right. no obviously but that's not. right but that's the difference between Blair Witch and, and some of these movies right. from the 2000s because those l- actors literally were using shooting they didn't have a cinematographer they were just you know those actors who were no name actors um, so it adds an air of authenticity, but I do agree with Mike. I mean, as a fan of cinematography and the art of filmmaking, you know, it's not, they're not the most artful movies, right? Because you have these amateur actors mm. shooting it. You have shaky cam, you know, obviously it was the popularity of shaky cam kind of rose at the same time as found footage. Um, and yeah, so you're not going to see great cinematography or great acting or anything. I mean, um, ah, but the emotion, is, you know, Jacob, when she there. starts hyperventilating, though, and the snot's going down her nose, like, Mike, aren't you there with her, regardless of what the shot looks like? Yeah, I mean, I'm so scared right now. Probably the most famous scene so in the movie, iconic, right? I yes. mean, yeah, that has, like, a real effect. And even, you know, uh, Roger Ebert, I think, gave Blair Witch, like, a four out of five or whatever. Uh, but he gave, wow. like, one of the middling Friday the 13th, like a one like this, but like in Friday the 13th, at least they have a lighting crew and a cinematographer. And then on Blair Witch, right. he's like, this is like transformative. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I guess so. I think for the, the, you know, iconicness of Blair Witch itself. Uh, but then you have the imitators where it's like, it gets less and less artful or original, or like you said, you know, any kind of creativity involved. Such a fingertips. This is the It's interesting that what we're saying, again, to put this in a time bubble is like, well, you got to understand, it was still kind of an investment to get a $500 DV camera. Yeah, you would get three of them, maybe set the people out like Jacob's saying, let them walk around and shoot themselves. Now, and why there was such a surplus and boom post the paranormal activity is, well, my iPhone gets as good of quality as that. And that's, you know, $800 that that person themselves is paying. And you're still justifying it as like, well, it looks a million times better than Blair Witch. It has that real handheld feel. I love that. Is that then another part of the found footage genres? Starting with the Blair Witch, it's like being in the right place at the right time. I mean, I I believe the producer and director of Paranormal Activity said this, like, he's like, look, did I make a great movie? Like, I don't know, but I was in the right place at the right time. And I like that building off of the same thing with the Blair Witch. It's like pre-internet. We could sell this as real and market the hell out of it. And then Paranormal Activity, it's the opposite. It's like they're not showing this movie at your theater. Demand it. And like the marketing was like, it's too scary for theaters. I got to go online and say that I want it. It's half the marketing, Mike. Just again, the fact that you cannot lie now, the fact that every kid I went to high school with had a conversation with me that was like, well, you don't think they're really dead, do you? I mean, that was the power of Blair Witch. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, yeah, like nowadays everyone's iPhone can shoot better quality video than the cameras they were using. So you really couldn't make that kind of movie today and have, and have it have the same effect. Um, Paranormal activity, I think was another kind of step forward because they had the second wave, let's say of the modern. Yeah. 
Yeah, but the the idea to use like the security cameras throughout the house, and that mm. way you can kind of it's not just one take all the time. You can cut between them and stuff, and you can cut over time and that kind of thing. What's the idea that we're in a surveillance state, right? That literally every single one of us, we, we mentioned the host, that I can just, like, literally we're doing this podcast right now into a bunch of cameras where I see you guys. I've in got a woods, camera on my right, phone, a camera outside of my apartment building when I leave. Like, you could make a found footage movie about my day just with that shit. Oh, no yeah. doubt. And also with the age of COVID that we're all living in and the, Ooh. you know, everyone is doing Zoom meetings and that kind of thing. How many you know, bad or good Zoom horror movies are we going to get within the next, you know, two years? Um, because they're going to be so easy to make, too, because you can literally just Screen shoot capture. them remotely. Yeah. Oh, um, I remember that. Yeah, you're just tugging on that emotional heartstring. Yeah, we used to all talk into our computers endlessly. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, host, I mean, I've heard good things about new host. Obviously, Joe recommends it, mm -hmm. but I feel like that's going to have a lot of imitators that aren't going to be as good. There's another one called Unfriended that I think I even watched with, with yes. you, Colin, a few years yep. ago. Not so good, but you know I think those Ooh, are. Ooh, but get the overplayed. sequel's better. Is it? Refriended. Unfriended Dark Web. Oh, oh, the <laughs> oh dark yeah. I wish web. it was called Refriended. <laughs> the, dark, Refriended. the Dark Web is another interesting source. We're, not to go on a Dark Web tangent, but there's also you know a lot of YouTube channels built around found footage of the dark web of these you know kill rooms and stuff like that yes. these pseudo snuff films and things there right. was a surplus post 2015 mike where people figure that out um i almost want to say there's even one called the host not to mix it up with host but like mm -hmm. hosting a domain yeah that is about what happens when somebody logs into your computer Ooh. yeah Gateway. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can even, I think there's even like a subreddit of like watching people die and stuff. And that's like a thing. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I know, man. It's I mean, dark. It's a dark I will not rate that Reddit. But that morbid curiosity, you know, whether this stuff is fake or real. I mean, there was those, you know, s alleged snuff films in the 70s that were horror films. And also, you know, I don't know if you guys had this stuff going around your schools back, you know, Blair Witch era, but like the Faces of Death tapes that were supposedly real. Are you familiar with these right. at all? Yeah, I've heard of those. It's another thing where it's a documentary, right? But it, it, all, well, all that shit was basically fake Mike, and reenacted. you kind of just hit an amazing you know, phenomenon that was very localized to us, too. Stuff like Goatsy or Two Girls in One Cup. That mm. was a thing where it was like, again, trickery to get someone to view something that the they, I guess... Yes, the shock value that maybe you didn't even think it was something that would ever be recorded. Like you're seeing something one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that kind that, of. Um, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just saying. In a in a weird way, hearing those those words make me makes me nostalgic for an older era of internet. <laughs> um, a more in, a in more a bad way. Just click on an easy go to you know where things were simple. <laughs> yeah. You're People at were work. talking about fake news. They just <laughs> accepted it. Right. Right. Yeah. But and that's part of like the way the genre works is that curiosity or like what is this? How is this recorded? Did these people get killed in woods? But now you have to evolve it because people are savvy. So paranormal activity is, oh, this movie, even if it's found footage about this demon possession, it's so scary that they won't even show it. So now you have to go on the Internet and demand it. And fuck. Right. Again, leveraging the Internet in a different way instead of saying this is 100 percent real, saying it's not, but it's really fucking scary, dude. And it's like. 
Well, and you bring up like even news footage. So you guys laughed when I put on one of the films that I wanted to talk about for this was M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. I'm a big M. Night fan. I'll say this right on the fucking podcast. I don't care. Love I know Avatar people have made him a meme. Oh, yeah, baby. The last <laughs> Airbender, that's the only way it should be shown. Live action, baby. Come <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, people have memed him like Sam Raimi. Yeah, it's fine. My worry is, you know, have your jokes, but my worry is that some of the talent will get lost along the way. You guys brought up, he has a found footage horror movie, The Visit. But he was an incredibly savvy guy to release a movie after Blair Witch signs and kind of say, I know where this is going. And the entire terror or horrifying moment or scary principle of the entire film leads up to seeing the aliens for the first time mm. in news footage where Joaquin right. Phoenix is woken up and goes, oh, oh, what? And he gets his face very close, terrified to the TV. And they say, what we're about to show you will shock you beyond belief. And as a viewer, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And like I said, having not seen Blair Witch in theaters, this was probably the first time I ever saw found footage stuff. And it cuts to a guy, you know, filming his kid's birthday party through a right, window. Right. Ooh, what's that? Oh, shit, it's an alien. Mm-hmm. And did the special effects hold up? Probably not. But the tension of the moment does. Well, you're right, Colin, because I, I honestly remember that scene of that birthday party. And then the little alien just walks through. And burp, that burp, being burp, a really burp. scary moment. Where do I put my gift? <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, just there um, to hang out right. and yeah you see the crop circles the leader, and things the, like that yes yeah <laughs> but no yeah, that's that, really that's effective and that's almost like found footage that makes me think even you know the Bigfoot tapes and this kind of like almost um, you know occult stuff like that's captured on footage it wasn't supposed those to be those are scary right? yeah. Loch Ness Monster shots of that those are scary I've looked up all that fucking cryptozoology you know faded we could only get you know our cameraman was so drunk he had to look directly at the sun right after he right. took this picture <laughs> you're right. like oh you bastard but yeah, yeah and all those uh, urban legends and stuff lead led to a kind of um, you know boom of like TV shows where you had ghost hunting shows you had Bigfoot yes. hunting shows all those shows that's where all that- found footage yeah, Zach yeah. Baggins Jacob every week makes a found footage horror movie right because yeah, obviously you know they never actually you know see they never find Bigfoot but they'll shoot a bunch of episodes <laughs> what if they where they're did out in the at woods. the end of it what yeah. if Zach Baggins episode three is like and here's real proof of a ghost I've fucking figured it out scientifically here you go and then he right. keeps shooting episodes like all right now we're going to a haunted taffy factory <laughs> I just always wanted him to finally get in a fist fight with when he's like, "Hey, bro, you like scaring people? Fucking scare me, dude! <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you attack me right now, right here?" He literally <gasps> said, "Is this the axe you killed them with? Why don't you push this axe on my face?" And he was laying down under an axe. <laughs> he's, just, he's a fucking brave dude, but um, yeah, that whole thing. Um, but to he's bring us back hero. to sign, he is my hero. He's my spirit animal. Um, the M Night Shyamalan with signs and stuff, and even um, the visit, like. After kind of Blair Witch and Paranormal, you have, you know, mainstream filmmakers in that window, like using the oh, I'll ride this gravy trope. train. Yeah, right? So, like we said with Cloverfield, that's J.J. Abrams, like, oh, what if about found footage kaiju movie? Yeah, and I would say, you know, Cloverfield was definitely a seminal movie in the, in the subgenre. Mm-hmm. I would say Blair Witch kind of was the originator. I mean, you have Cannibal Holocaust in some early movies. Main, before it that. did not Success. kick it off as big, yeah. yeah. So that was the originator. Then you have Paranormal, which really popularized the whole movement, if you will, because it just spawned so many imitators and so many different other movies. Um, 
because it was so successful. Because lightning then, had struck twice at that point, and it's like, we have got to get on the gravy train. Right. Let's talk about paranormal for a minute, because did you guys like this stat? It totally supports what Jacob's saying that I posted in our little normie notes here. Mm-hmm. When Blair Witch was made, after that, two, maybe three annually found footage horror movies. And you're getting kind of like light flare. You know, people aren't really going to see it. It's like a UFO After Paranormal one. Activity, <laughs> yeah. eight to 11 found footage horror movies a year. That is right. huge. My God. So people are just trying to catch lightning in a bottle again. Yeah. And I mean, the horror genre, obviously, they, you know, they pump out hundreds of movies every year, horror movies, right? So there's always, a, a, you know, something that'll start a trend and then that'll spawn a bunch of imitators. So you have like the Saw movies that kind of the, the torture porn or whatever was, was a was They a did a found a footage while. one, dog. There's one, a Saw movie, Saw 7 or whatever has found footage parts to it. There you go. Yeah, and so so with paranormal that you know inspired so many different movies, um, some of them not so good, and some of them you know a little better. So, well, let me ask you this, guys: mainly ghost stuff, right? A lot of that as the horror element. It's a possession. It's this thing is possessed. It's this person is possessed. It's that this house is haunted. Whatever. I've seen a vampire one that was about a guy who like records that his girl is turning him into a vampire. I haven't seen a werewolf one. I haven't seen, you know, like what, mm. what would you like to see in a found footage horror movie? Mm. Well, I have some, some recommendations that we'll get to later. Uh, like there's one called Willow Creek, which is uh, a, literally a Bigfoot one. Um, it was directed by Bobcat Goldthwaite, actually. Hell yes. That oh, one's hell great. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good one. And, uh, you know, he's a great director. Um, so it's like very much like the Blair Witch of Bigfoot. So definitely that's a fun one. Um, I would like to see more of the cryptozoology and stuff because like, yeah, demons ah. and ghosts, um, and possessions, they've been done so many times. And I think part of that is due to, um, you know, some people believe in ghosts, some people don't. Um, but I think it's easy. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's something, even if you know, like, even if you think you don't believe in ghosts to see, you know, something pulling you or something you know, that's invisible. Like it can freak you out because it's, you know, that it's like not supposed to be happening. Your space is invaded. Yeah. yeah. And you could do a lot with some fishing line, you know, like I don't, I don't need right. to create a realistic chupacabra. Right. You know, for my cryptozoology. <laughs> chupacabra cord is my, my crypto film I'm working on. Totally. I yeah, also think there's but, like a, a religious aspect to it because, you know, so many, Ghost and, and possession movies deal with like the occult in in a Christian like an exorcist, uh, you, know, you know term yeah exorcisms and By all that the power stuff. of Christ yeah so I mean, yeah I think it's interesting it's just primal I, I like that I was gonna say I've seen two zombie Nazi found footage movies at this point Mike mm. get me a Loch Ness monster get me a crypto get me like um. yeah chupacabra something's eating goats it's people down in Mexico you said earlier genre flipping. I think a romantic comedy could work as found footage. I think it would be actually pretty brutal to see a relationship in that way. Damn, well, I'll man. tell you with like Instagram posts and shit too. Like you just yeah. find a couple cell phones somewhere. Yeah, well, I, I think we're gonna get um, you know a Zoom relationship. Two people that have met while in quarantine over Zoom, and that wow. a relationship. That we will. Be a movie. Is that predictive? You're wow. So right. And then they're going to get married over the internet, hate each other over the internet, and murder each other over the internet. That'll be the <laughs> the cycle, the trilogy. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's 
it's a genre that definitely has some interesting things about it and like to take it to another world like i would love to see like a self-diary of a werewolf one right that's a cool idea damn you know for sure like what what's yeah what is happening oh um, true like someone who gets bit by a werewolf and then like i don't know it's just like i've been feeling their- really weird lately so this is day four you know he's talking into like his mirror camera yeah dude yeah, That'd and cool. that's cool. And you mentioned zombies. I mean, George Romero took a stab at found footage with right, Diary, Diary of the, of the Dead. Dead. Easily my least favorite. Terrible. <laughs> it's too Absolutely Hollywood terrible. with its framing. Like, it didn't right. commit enough to being found footage, and that's what Jacob was saying, is like they try to dumb down cinematic footage. That really doesn't work. And even totally. stuff like Chronicle, a.k.a. not Akira. Um, <laughs> yeah, it works for me more than more I would than, be willing to admit, but uh, I'll slink down now because obviously my arch enemy wrote that movie. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's I'll say. I mean, I that was in my list of recommendations that we're gonna get to. Yeah. I, I like the movie Chronicle. I think it's the one good movie that ML and JT made together. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it because it's a different you. genre. Like you said, it's basically the story of Akira, but seeing like a superhero origin story in found footage it's something that hadn't really been done at that point so it was different than just a different you know uh horror movie it's at least something worth recording like oh shit my boy's got superpowers let's record this and chronicle it you know right i mean i think movies like chronicle and cloverfield that's kind of why i like them because they're just different from a lot of the other movies in that genre like you don't get a lot of giant monster destroying a city found footage movies right Right, and to Paranormal's credit, at least the idea of the house being haunted is like the husband is a videographer, therefore yes. that's why he's like, fuck, I'll just film this stuff. Yeah, right, he sets up all the cameras. It's good enough, <laughs> you know. Literally, Mike, as they keep going, Oren Pelly, the director of the first one, the character Mika, the character you're talking about, is like, I'm a freelance film guy, okay? And then by Paranormal Activity 3, their father-in-law, well, I shoot weddings. I'm a I'm a freelance film guy, <laughs> and then it just keeps going and going and going. But yeah, my last Long words on film activity. Film work. It's <laughs> yeah, it's in our blood Third as well generation. as our curse. <laughs> I mean, that's not that um, strange. Considering my father invented just in the our, wedding video. My grandfather came up. I don't want to In our personal circle of friends, we know plenty of uh, freelance videographers and wedding don't photographers. Don't bring stuff. up my family. <laughs> They're gonna get haunted. Uh, I love paranormal activity. I think they're very clever. Even when you think they start going down, like let's say some of the foreign spinoffs, marked ones, Latino, there's a Japanese one that came out after two. Um, mm-hmm. The Japanese one a little less worth to watch, but marked ones is amazing. And uh, if you like it, I don't know, they, they execute it very well. Don't you go without me. Don't you go. I think they can definitely be fun. I'm wondering if there's anything else we want to talk about, any recommendations on the found footage film genre, because before we finish the episode, I do want to talk about how the format itself kind of lends itself to almost a video game-esque aesthetic because you are in the first person ah. a lot of times. So I want to you know, talk about that in a minute. But is there anything else we want to touch on on kind of the film side. Yeah, let's genre. do recs first. I want to hear, yeah. let's, let's go through and give some recs. Jacob, hit us with some hot ones because I know I'll have some takes on them too. For sure, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, like I mentioned, Cloverfield 
one thing I like about that too is it does have a, a decent conceit for why they're shooting because you know it starts at the you know the going away party for the one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're filming. You know, everyone's saying their goodbye message into the video, right? So yeah, he's going to go star in Stephen King's Under the Dome and break Colin's <laughs> heart. That's where he's leaving. No, oh, no, right. <laughs> Um, so I think that's a good one. Um, Chronicle, like I mentioned, Willow Creek. Um, that's just a fun, you know, Bigfoot one. Um, Creep. That's another uh, one that I like a lot. Have Super you seen low budget. Yeah. So that's no, part of the no. whole. Um, I don't know. Mumblecore. What the, Mumblecore. Yeah. So you have. Um, what are those guys names? Fuck. I forget everything that I'm supposed to remember. The football brothers. That yeah. I cannot remember right now either. The, the guy fucking from, guys who won't you know, turn down league. a job as far as right. I'm concerned. But the, they, they kind of, you know, started in the mumble core. So we were talking very yeah. low budget, um, which kind of lends itself to found footage. But creep is just a fun one about a guy that meets another guy. That's like a weirdo and he's a little bit off. And then as it goes and on and on, it just gets weirder and weirder. Um, so that's a fun one. I definitely recommend creep two that. Very good as well. Creep two is as well. So um, those are, I think those are both on Netflix or something. So check those out. Wreck, like you mentioned, um, American remake quarantine. It's not record by the way. Can I just, I can't, I can't, I have to break my silence. It's not REC <laughs> as in record or is it? Well, that's what it when is. we were doing names up top, I wanted you to do MIC Mike. <laughs> Mick. <laughs> I mean, that's what it stands for. Yeah. I just call it wreck though. I, think I just call it wreck. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe I'm uh, I'm nitpicking anything. Carry. <laughs> yeah, but that's I just a remember good their one. names. The Duplass brothers, by the, the way. Duplass. Yeah, Mark Duplass. Mm-hmm. See, so yeah, I bought um, you time. They made you know the Puffy Chair, some other mumblecore movies, but uh, Creep, really fun movie. Um, yeah, and and the thing I like about REC or Wreck is it's kind of all set in that building, right? And then you know they're locked in that building and they're trying to get out and everything. It's it's that's a fun one as well. And Wreck Two is just set on a plane, which is very scary. Oh right, yeah. Um, and then nice. last one I'll mention is VHS and VHS Two, which mm-hmm. are short film anthologies that are all found footage in different ways and from different directors like Ty West and all kinds of horror directors. So that's a fun one as well. Can I go off that one real quick? Because when you see young guys like Adam Wingard and Ty West, Ty West eventually making a feature length, The Sacrament, a found footage movie, sort of like a Jonestown cult right. movie. And Adam Wingard did this, the Blair Witch sequel many years later. Exactly. Which, yeah. When I see these young guys who I'm like, those are the godfather of horror. They've kind of gone on and taken it. Now I would say Mike Flanagan as well, but he really has not hit that yet. But I look at them and I say, okay, you're using the genre. Those movies do nothing for me. The Sacrament, Blair Witch, those are kind of at the bottom tier of my found footage stuff because they don't add anything to it. They're just, they're not innovators in the genre by that point. They're replicators right. and that, that breaks my heart. I think what I like about VHS and VHS two is the anthology nature of it. So they're not all great short films. They're more hit or miss, but the good ones are really good. And you kind of get a variety of different scenarios and things. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. And I think for me, someone who's kind of a little lukewarm on the genre, having shorter form kind of bites of stories, because it's harder for me right. to stay engaged over, you know, a theatrical length kind of yeah they can wear out their setup. welcome more yeah sure. so to keep yeah. it brief and engaging i think it's better for me well you just asked a golden question mike because what scares you guys these days 
when you look at the biggest budgeted modern horror blockbusters like the it movies those don't do it it always takes a gimmick for me it's the vhs with the anthology it's silent house and the silent house remake if you guys have seen those a one-shot horror movie or it's the found footage stuff where i'm like i'm there i'm in it i kind of need something beyond what it is to be sold Mm. i don't know what scares me i mean i watch horror movies because they're entertaining but i i get scared at jump scare i get surprised by jump scares but not like you know scared i guess there's a difference right but it's 1979 jacob you're watching alien you're rewatching it for our podcast we did last episode right can you laugh now at it or does it still get you when it's like ah here i come i'm an alien because there's some stuff like when i watch friday the 13th now i'm like i don't know how i ever thought this was scary but i think i'm gonna think blair witch is scary for the rest of my life yeah again i think the the realism of it really makes it scarier so i agree with you there and just the creepy imagery like at the end when the guy's just standing in the corner facing the corner like that just the imagery of that it's very simple but it's very scary because it's just some. It's just slightly off and weird, you know? I mean... Yeah, what scares you, Mike? Well, I'm trying to remember there was that incident um, with Elisa Lamb. You guys remember this? In the, the hotel no. in... It, it's a hotel in Los Angeles, and there was this woman who got into an elevator, and then the security footage is showing her being very nervous and like oh, peeking out, and yes. the doors won't close, and she's freaking out. She gets out of the elevator, gets back in, and then a couple of weeks later, people are complaining of the water having a smell or taste to it. And then they find she her body in the water, in the water tank yes, on the roof. I remember and that. What? And this is a true story. And the last footage of her is her kind of freaking out, looking as if she's being followed by someone, but there's no oh, one else in the footage. Totally, yeah. That is what the found footage horror genre grabs at, right? And that's why it works. But this is like, so things like that where it's like, here is the last known footage of this person who was tragically lost, right? Right. That's unfortunately a very sad and real story, but that's what is scary. Damn, dude. That footage is scarier to me than any of these movies because you kind of know it's real, and that is the most terrifying thing. There is a a real tragedy. So when the genre can present itself as true and at least get me to suspend disbelief enough, that's the strength of found footage is to capture that feeling. Totally. I love that, Mike. Yeah. And I think the unexplained mysteries are very scary because there's things that to this day we can't explain, you know, like the Bermuda Triangle or, Mm -hmm. you know, what happened to Amelia Earhart, things like that, where people will just disappear. And, you know, the Zabruda tapes, the scariest found footage of all time. (laughs) What happened to JFK? Right. 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 Magic bullet. But, um, yeah, I think that's where it is. these mysteries, what really happened? I mean, even with Alyssa Lamb, no one really knows how did she get on the roof? How did she get in the water tank? That's still a mystery. It's just right. like one of these things that's very Damn. weird. And so everyone's like, oh, there's paranormal element or who knows? But I totally found footage that. can really grab that and, and run with it. Um, even something like Poughkeepsie tapes, where it's like this serial killer's diary, like oh, that stop. also has this weird kind of. Um, it's like a sadist kind of bend to these diaries oh, which yeah. is also yeah. scary too just mm-hmm. unabashed um a look in the mind of a maniac yeah yeah that's very scary to me right and i think with um like paranormal activity and 
you know, demonic possession or ghosts and stuff. The because it's the uh, the the realism of the format, like we're talking about. Um, if you don't believe in ghosts, like me personally, I don't believe in anything like ghosts or supernatural. But to see it in that realistic way, it makes it more real and therefore makes it more scary. There is no amount of set dressing or CGI or anything else that you can use that would overcome me more than, you know, our little Discord chat right now. Jacob at his podcast recorder. It's a typical image that I know that my mind accepts as reality. If you just started floating up in the air and all I saw was your feet in that screen, you, I'd get sick. Scared. I would feel insane. Imme- I would be more scared than if I saw Freddy burst in right now and go, <laughs> you're dead, bitch. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. Yeah, there's something about that um, presentation, and that's the greatest strength of the found footage. Yeah. Well, so we'll see more stuff like um, the host on, you know, the Zoom call horror movie, things like that. It used the presentation to its advantage. But yes. But I want to hear Colin's recommendations. I had a few. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Colin? I'll talk about Poughkeepsie tapes in a second because Mike brought it up. Oh, my skin just started bubbling. Okay. That, that means I definitely have to. Uh, Lake Mungo, that's an Australian one that's sort of about a missing person that maybe becomes a ghost. That's one that gets recommended a lot. I watched that right when it came out. It's always kind of been over my head. Normies, if that one's very special to you, let me know why, because it really just never connected with me for some reason. Um, The Hollow, or I'm sorry, no, The Gallows, Gallows. The Gallows, that's what it's called, is one about kids shooting... um, just them breaking into their school after night because they sort of want to get up to a mischievous thing and sort of an urban legend of the school attacks them. Mm. Kind of at the end of the day, I like seeing places that are normal to the human eye at night or in dark. When people are alone, when they're thinking like, oh, I'm safe, I want to explore this, I want to see more stuff. Um, I don't know. Grave Encounters, that's one that's like a parody of the Zach Baggins, you know, the ghost hunter stuff. They go into a mental asylum, and it's got some right. of the craziest visuals I've ever seen in my life. It's got a really bad sequel. Mm. Uh, but I'll just say Poughkeepsie Tapes. It's the scariest movie I've ever seen. If you guys haven't checked it out, at the time that I saw it with past guest Andy and past host, uh, if he wasn't in these damn woods or in the corner of that room right now, Joe, we, as adults... We're so scared we didn't sleep alone that night. We (laughs) watched this movie that no one had ever heard of. The legal weird loopholes behind Poughkeepsie Tapes is for, for, I think, seven years after it was made, it was never released. So you would only find it on horror forums. Uh, It just had like a lore built up to it. So Normies, I'll never watch that movie again. I never plan on it, but I will recommend it to you. Colin, I wanted to... uh the the one that you were talking about where they it's like the Zach Baggins Ghost Adventures yes they, uh, what was that called Grave Encounters Grave Encounters I throughout Grave Encounters it's great okay yeah I'll have to check that one out I actually had a script idea a few years back I don't want to use this podcast to pitch my bad scripts but um, when I was in college <laughs> when I was in college I visited my friend at Ohio University which um, if you don't know normies is is supposed to supposedly one of the most haunted places in America, the campus old of Ohio too. University. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's an old mental institute there that's like run down and stuff. But so I visited my friend there and hit this older guy that he knew and some other people. They all got to we all got together at night 
And we all basically, they, you know, the juniors and seniors of this college, they would take people on these like guided tours where they would, we would break in totally not legal, but we would break (laughs) into the old mental institution there and just walk around and, you know, things, you know, rooms falling apart in like weird, you know, chairs and stuff everywhere and just very spooky. And so I had an idea to do a, a found footage movie where it'd be like a bunch of high school kids breaking into like a place like that. And then they actually start seeing real ghosts and stuff. And I think, dun, you know, dun, Hollywood, dun. if you're interested, uh, hit me up. But uh, yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> that, works for the, <laughs> that works for the filming, though, don't you think? Because you've got for the sure. tour guide who's like, trust me, you're going to want to film this. This is you're not going to be back here. Right. We're breaking into this place. So you get exactly. kind of the. Are you sure, man? Like, uh, we've been walking around in circles for hours. I just don't know. Right. And I would have, like, the one guy, that, the one friend that, like, wasn't a believer, the one friend that, you know, was, like, totally into, like, spooky stuff and was really into it. And, you know, it, it writes itself, really. But, um, you know, Hollywood lawyers, hit me up. President of Hollywood. I would be the guy, and I yes. want to hear who you guys are. I would be the guy who definitely was filming for part of it. And oh, here's another trope I love. I would be the guy who starts filming his girlfriend is like, yeah, babe, what do you think of this new camera I got? She's like, stop, what are you doing? Right, and he's like, no, come on, it's room. cool. Cuts from us making out to like us on the road, like, yeah, do-do-do-do, just shooting out the window. Oh, sure. yeah, classic. <laughs> That's a, those are all good tropes. I, if I was anybody, I'd be the guy who was like, hold on, we got to set up the lighting. And then he'd be like, fuck this, we don't have time, we're leaving you here. <laughs> Right. I would probably be the the staunch non-believer who's the first one to see something like really blatant and then like the probably the first one to die. That would probably be me. I was going to say disappears <laughs> immediately after we get into the woods. No, this yeah. is fine. Let me open this door. <laughs> you want another beer, bro? And then like, hey, where's Jacob? <laughs> I don't know, he was supposed to bring that beer back 20 hours ago. You know, he was wearing that head cam, though. So let's go look. <laughs> Find it. Oh, here's his GoPro. It would, Mike. It would all, it would all be GoPros now, wouldn't it? Yeah, GoPro would be a good format for it. Some sick mountain Mm -hmm. biker gets attacked by Bigfoot, and then totally because there's been real footage of like you know someone's GoPro that like fall, you know, they're skydiving or something that falls out of the plane while it's recording and like goes down in the ocean and it's recovered, and then you can see the whole journey of it because it was recording the whole time. So you could definitely do something cool with that. Yeah, you end up with a uh, a Wampa kind of view, like in Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back. But I like that. Yeah. Here's my pitch: It's attack the block. Well, we're at the skate park. I'm doing some new tricks. You know, the invasion starts. Mm. I've still got my camera on my helmet. I got to run home, right? It it just keeps rolling. Right. Yeah, and those things got like some of them, depending on the SD card, micro SD that is. Um, you can record over an hour. So even if it was a pseudo one take, you could do that with a GoPro format pretty easily. Right. And then supplement it with cell phone footage. Like, oh shit, and you hold up his phone. You could do totally. something interesting with the yeah. GoPros. I mean, with the proliferation of, you know, we all have high quality cameras on our phones. Like, you know, it's it would be so much, in a way, easier to make these kind of movies, but also, you know, harder to make them unique because... It's just, you know, everyone's a filmmaker now because you can shoot video on your phone. So it's a trade-off. Yeah. And I'll, I'll bring up the scariest horror then of all time is probably anyone who's recording driving while black, any altercation with the police officer while they get pulled over yeah. and they feel that they have mm. to keep their camera rolling. I mean, that's a scary reality now. 
true. That's true. a way to kind of take that. You could do a fictional piece on that subject matter and use the genre as a way to reflect on society, similar to how horror has traditionally, you know, even with the original Night of the Living Dead. So that's an interesting way to take. Very true. This, Very good um, point. Yeah. This All amazing yeah. points. I'm kind of getting tired out here. Like we said, uh, you know, I'm going to lay down in the tent. Mike's going to have a beer. Jacob, will you go get us some firewood? Somebody has to go out in the the forest. Yeah, I'll go out in the back. Um, Doesn't seem like, you know, anyone's out there. I hear some crickets and stuff. It's totally pitch black out there. Um, I got to, you know, take a a leak real quick too. So uh, I'll be right back, guys. If I don't come back in like 20 minutes, um, I'm probably fine. So don't worry about it too much. All right. Use the night vision. It'll help you see. Yeah, will do. All right. Finally. All right, let's head over to our final thoughts. Oh my God, Jacob, you're back. The sun came up, man, and you are covered in blood. I have been sitting here crying all night, and Mike just keeps drinking. Where have you been? Where's that beer, man? Oh, man, it's a long story. Um, you know, I might be possessed by some spirits. I don't really know. We're going to have to take I'm a look at the footage. I'm possessed by some spirits, bro. <laughs> nice. All right, both of your pun work is holding up, so I'm actually in better spirits than we started. Uh, I'm going to roll up my <laughs> sleeping bag, but let's hit our final thoughts here before we, I think, make it out of the forest of death. I think we're going to do it, guys. Yeah, it's never been so. done before. We're going to be the first. Those t-shirts are going to sell like hotcakes. So we're doing it. We're in the forest of death. Uh, I did mention uh, before kind of how some video games have taken to this presentation. Oh, yeah. Video games, not really a film. But one thing I definitely wanted to mention is kind of any first person horror kind of works this way because you are the Mm -hmm. protagonist. But, um, you know, things like Alien Isolation, you know, is very scary first person. If you want to go back and listen to our Alien episode last week. That's, a, that's kind of one way to look at that. Survival horror, and especially ones like Outlast, where you're literally using the camera, it is sort of found footage. That's what the saves that they use to the save state. Oh, you go back to your prior recording or whatever. That is yeah. the equivalent to me, Mike, of watching a found footage horror movie, where I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do that by myself. Like Even when I was watching, uh, I had Blair Witch on before Cannibal Holocaust just clicking through, and I was like, ooh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and forward through this part here. <laughs> like There are parts where I'm playing survival horror games where I will turn them off and then just watch Twitch Let's Plays and be like, you know what? It's actually more comforting to hear the guy's voice. <laughs> like sure. it, it, I actually feel like I'm not alone and scared. It's more soothing. Yeah, Outlast is one that I think is really interesting because... Like, you have to use the camera to see, mm. and then, like, you don't have any combat abilities, so all you can do is run away. So it's like, you see scary thing and escape, and that's kind of a fun format. And then I just wanted to mention Resident Evil 7. It's first person, but you do come across found footage tapes of the first group of a television crew that showed up to the old Damn. crazy people house in the bayou to, to film them. And then they get captured and killed. So there is like a found footage element to Resident Evil 7, which works really well, I think. Right. And I think games like that um, and Outlast, Five Nights at Freddy's, those were really... Oh, security cameras. Yeah. That's yeah. That's an interesting way. And those, those, another thing those, movie, those, those games are great for is they're really meant to be streamed. And, you know, mm. watching someone stream a game like that is basically like watching a found footage uh, horror movie. 
So what we need to do is make the live streamed found footage horror movie of a man live streaming a found footage game. <laughs> All right. So the thing it. about Dead by Daylight <laughs> is, uh, did you guys just see, did my can of wow. uh, gamer fuel just sort of float up into the air for a minute? All right. Smash that like button if you guys think I should get out of this house. <laughs> If you guys think the devil's coming here at three in the morning, smash that like button. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, GG honestly, devil, GG. I swear to God that when I am playing a game, spooky game or something, and then like someone comes in the room and closes the door, and I'm not expecting it, it, it gets me. Right. Man, I tell you. And Do you, you guys know, fuck with, with uh, these at all? I, I I fuck with these games, not Five Nights at Freddy, but Outlast specifically, mm. Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. I haven't played them, but you know, just watching other people play them is scary enough for me. Uh, and I also wanted to mention like, you know, VR becoming more and more, uh, yeah. accessible for people, you know, that how oh, much yeah. more immersive can you get than playing, you know, a first person horror game in VR? I mean, that, that's basically the scariest thing I can think of. I guess that leads me to my final kind of bringing us back to the final thoughts then. Yeah. VR horror, you know, when VR was first coming out, I did you know, try out some of the Google Cardboard, you know, those cheap ones, but mm. they had a VR horror short film about a home invader, and you're just sitting, the camera doesn't move, so you're just kind of a fly on the wall, and you're seeing this woman come home, and then you see the guy come in the back door, and then she goes across, and then he moves positions, so you're aware of where uh, this home like invader is. Trap. Yeah, it's like Night Trap, but you're just standing there, and you can look 360 around the house and see where the killer is hiding and how she's just not looking in the right place. It was really, really creepy, because it's like, almost like, you know, Poughkeepsie tape, you're just watching a surveillance footage of this thing, and you can't interact with her, you're just right. helplessly watching this victim. It was like, fucking wild. So, totally. VR also has a place for maybe a found footage type thing, who knows. Totally. Um, yeah. I Final thoughts on found footage, the genre, guys. We want to get into it. I just wanted to mention um, one other video game too. Uh, PT, right? Uh, The the game that never got made. Too scary. (laughs) Probably the scariest thing that ever was never not made. But um, unfortunately, you know, the full game didn't get made. But just the just the beginning, the little you know what was playable was you know super spooky and you know just has that first person feel and in vr i can i'm sure that would be terrifying um and i think you could play pt in vr as well so yeah so it's all full circle and the ps4s that still have that installed are worth like hundreds of dollars oh i'm sure yeah yeah um but yeah my final thoughts um you know it's not my favorite subgenre of horror you know like i said uh, as a fan of, of cinematography and filmmaking, art and filmmaking and everything, um, it's never going to reach the heights of like a, something like a hereditary or these kind of more very artsy. I was going to say, is it, the, is it the art? Is it the high end we're getting now? Is it a specific monster, vampires and stuff? What's, what's your horror jam? Um, yeah, I like I generally just like good horror movies and that could be like any theme or genre uh if it's if it's quality then i'll like it you know what i mean that's it's kind of obvious to say but um i really like this new like trend of these more artsy movies like um hereditary or midsummer midsummer or it follows the vavitch or the vavitch you know the shining <laughs> a classic even just something where people shining, are putting yeah. thought and craftsmanship into it yeah, because I like to get scared when I'm watching, but I also like it to be a good movie. So if it's scary 
and it's good and it's interesting to me, then like that's above everything. And I think, you know, with what Mike Flanagan is doing right now, uh, I love his work. Like he's really becoming a new horror master of just like everything he puts out is like very high quality. So, um, I definitely think there's, there's a route, you know, forward for found footage. Um, it's not, you know, obviously it's not as trendy now as it was 10 years ago. So less, movies per year are getting made, but also with like, like I mentioned with zooms, zoom calls and stuff becoming more popular. I think we're going to get an influx of those movies. Um, but the, the, you know, the movies that do an original spin on it, that's what I really like. Um, so I'll still, you know, keep an open mind when I watch these movies. Uh, but a lot of them I can miss, you know, paranormal activity Four, never seen it, you know, no interest in like seeing those kind of movies, but I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> uh, those are my thoughts, but I don't know. Um, let's I don't see. Know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring us down a little bit before we yeah, kind of ramp up. I think Colin's the biggest fan. But for me, again, I'm on Jacob's side a little bit where I do like the craft of filmmaking. So if I'm going to pick a low-budget horror movie, I'll pick Evil Dead over The Blair Witch any day of the week because it's people trying to make something with a shoestring budget and being creative with how they're shooting it, how they're doing special effects. Right. I find that a lot more interesting, how they got away with nothing, as opposed to let's just remove craft completely as our aesthetic. Totally. And that's just personal taste. Um, and that being said, too, you say there's less being released per year, but I was on YouTube trying to just find now the history of the found footage genre on YouTube. Let's see what's out there. And there's just so many mm. homemade DIY, like the Cuyahoga Creek <laughs> and... Midwest woods and like haunted sure. house, real, you know, found footage horror film. I think HD, you know, yeah, that must be because I, I'm pretty sure that's because they're so cheap and easy to make that like anyone can do them. So it used to be, you know, if you want it, you can make B horror movies for really cheap, like slasher or like gore movies, mm-hmm. but now it's just way easier to make a found footage movie. So everyone's doing that instead. So I kind of feel like trying to watch some of them at my own peril because there's so many like that are just like 400 views, 2000 views of just these DIY and maybe even just seeing the people behind them would be fascinating enough. But that's my take. I think there's value to the genre and at least as a curiosity, it's worth checking out. I love that Mike, because that really just opened up my mind. It is not the question of why do they keep filming? It's the filmmaking beyond it. It's the tightrope. It has to look, produced and yet not produced there is a reason Mm. that like you guys are saying if you've got a little brother and an iphone you can shoot a movie that goes hey there daryl i found something weird in the woods oh my god should we go (laughs) check it out and you just start shooting it now it's not going to be super popular because the excuse those kids would have to why that movie looks the way it does they would openly say, it's supposed to look shitty. You know, that's the premise of the thing. That's not the premise of found footage. Premise of found footage is exactly what we've been saying this entire time. It's to trick your brain into the lie of accepting what you're watching is fact. Right. It's, God love me for what I'm about to say, it's fake news. <laughs> like, it is literally mm, what sure. that word would have meant before it got fucking co-opted. Um, I don't know. I boy, I don't know. I I love these takes on it. I was kind of expecting maybe a little more openness because it's so open my heart. I've had the opposition my entire life from people who do say, "No, there are too many of those. I don't like it." I get that. 
I'm not going to be happy with this second generation. I don't like the Zoom stuff. It's going to remind me of a bad time. That is probably where it's going to head. I can see that clearly. You know, that that doesn't mean that I'm going to participate in it or be a guy who's like, okay, so my premise for the Zoom call is, is that I'm taking the Zoom call in a rocket ship because I am an astronaut. No, 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 no. no. Like just guys, just right. ah, Jesus Christ, just stop. Well, you know just that's with- going to get made. Yeah, with how prevalent it is in everyone's life now, it just seems like that's going to be the big thing now because no one's, you know, no one's walking around with an old camcorder going, you know, let's investigate this wo- thing in the woods anymore. You know, people are all inside zooming each other. You could still do the old "I'll be right back" and then people are happy hour on Zoom. Wait, why didn't he come back? Yet? Right, it starts to go. Yeah, but um, I guess at its best, what found footage does to piggyback off what Colin was saying, is it's drawing the straightest line to suspension of disbelief for the audience. You know, because there's no camera work and professional actors, it's a straight line of this is factual, so to speak, and that's when it's most effective is when it does create that suspension of disbelief with the least amount of friction. And that's where the strength of the genre lies, in my opinion. I love that. I think that's beautiful. You know, it's, it's a... It's, you know, there were so many critics who were like, Hitchcock is schlock. That dumb stuff is stupid. And when Slashers came up, that shit is so dumb and boring, I don't understand why these kids like it. You you cannot turn your eye away. You have to see that it was a trend and is a trend for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this is the most anyone has ever criticized or thought about this genre. I'm very happy we'd be doing that on Normies Like Us because this is the podcast for it. It's It's where we think about this shit, so... I don't know. I'm just very happy that you guys were engaged and talking about it. Yeah, I'll recommend one more. The Pyramid. I like my stuff. If we were just going around asking what scares people, I like schlocky shit. You know, it kind of has to have a genre bent to it. It's literally people exploring an Egyptian pyramid in its found footage and a mummy attacks them. Does that okay. sound like it's going to scare you? Probably not, but it's it's worth a look. There's always something worth a look in this genre. Right. I hope the Chernobyl tapes or something. That. Yeah, and Brendan Fraser pops up and says, "It's me, Rick O'Connell. It's all been a dream." Bang, 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 bang. The real, um, the, back door the real reboot. horror is what happened to my career. How dare oh, no. you? How he's on Doom dare Patrol. You. How dare you? He's, no, he's great. I love dad. Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, this has been kind of a niche to normie look at the found footage genre because it certainly was niche, and then it became the in vogue thing to do, and so. Yeah, I love if that. You found this discussion on found footage fascinating. Feel free to let us know on the socials, boys. I know, and now I can take all of these thoughts we've gathered. I'm going home, guys. You know, my best girl said she's going to marry me when I return home. I'm I'm supposed to graduate. Like I got my whole life ahead of me. So goodbye, death forest. I don't know. <laughs> do you guys want to say a goodbye real quick? Talk about how excited um, you are to return to your normal life. Well, Colin, actually, you know, I saw this creepy old house like through the next clearing. I mean, maybe we could check that out before we, we you know, head out. What do you think? Oh, I think well, that's I a left great a couple idea. of the tapes over there. Yeah, I'll go with you and I'll pick those up on the way. <laughs> yeah, just the last stop before we get out of the of, of Death Forest. I th- I'm sure nothing will happen to us there. Yeah, it's a straight shot. We can't get lost. We can just turn straight around. All right, normies, then this will be uh, the last thing you hear from us until you see us in person. Obviously, we'll do a live show or something after this. So this has been your host. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is um, the Colin Witch. Micro SD car found in the woods. Mike. And this is Shaky Jakey holding the camera. 
Ready, steady as ever. Ste- ready, that steady, I believe. Ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason this footage looks like this, Normies. All right. right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.